Welcome to the Strap It Down podcast. This is Suds. I got Schwabi here in my basement. I got JT. I got Mush Remote. How you doing, gentlemen? What's going on? Nikki, how are you? I'm doing good. We're gonna have report card day, so we're gonna do a. We're gonna give grades to every player that had significant time, significant playing time for the White Sox this year. Schwabi, you're directing traffic tonight. I'm. I'm gonna dish it to you. Oh, How are we wait. kicking it off? We're starting with the starters. Uh, you know, this was a long segment for us in the midseason. We'll try to keep it a little, little quicker for you guys. All hold, hold on. Let, let's back. Let's back up before we Uh-oh. get in. Before we get into grades, I, I think we Mr. should Twitter. all give like a one or two sentence summary of how we thought the season went. Just, just to like get us started on these grades, because I, I know they're not going to be very good. I, that's a great idea. I think, I think uh, Mush, why don't you start us off with your summary of the White Sox year? What do you got? Well, <laughs> they are who we thought they were, gentlemen. <laughs> we knew this was going to be our destiny the whole season. They couldn't put it together. The injuries, um, I think the personalities played a role, the dynamic with the players and the coaches. Upper management, um, yeah. I just, I, I, I stuck with my gut the whole season, and I just, I didn't think we were gonna pull it through. We couldn't pull the shit together, and uh, yeah, here we are watching other teams play in the fall. Schwabi, I, I think Mush kind of hit it on the head. You know, I think we always, we always kept the hope that they were who we hoped they were, but they kept showing us at every turn that they are, uh, you know, who I think we, who they were, right. They, they were 500 throughout that, you know, they would go on a, a win streak and then they would go and lose it right back away. There are 500 so much of the damn year. Uh, you know, I mean, I think the first like seven episodes, they were always like three games behind three games back of, for, of uh, 500. Right. And they finally got the 500 they went up for a couple games and they came back. Uh, they were an extremely mediocre baseball team, uh, and that's just that's who they were. Every player disappointed, for the most part. Every player, you know, never the hitters for the most part. None of them reached the back of their baseball cards, as the old saying is. And they kind of who they were from the start was who they were at the end. So what do you? What do you? Oh, okay. You want, you want um, me to go? Yeah, I want you to go. All right, I'll, I'll I'll share my thoughts, and I don't know if you could hear that in the background while Schwabi was talking, but I was I was pouring out my drink tonight. I'm drinking wine. Woo! Usually every Thursday night, I'm drinking rum and cokes. So th- that's kind of the writing on the wall that I'm past the the anger stage in my uh, you know what is it the seven stages? Seven stages of grief. Of grief, you know I'm I'm past the anger phase. Now I'm on, <laughs> I'm on in the grieving or depression phase. So I'm I'm drowning my sorrows in a, a bottle of red wine. It's, you know, looking back on the year, it's depressing, is really what it is. 
I we how many episodes did we have where I I don't I mean maybe there were two all year where we were where we were coming off a win and we could actually be excited. It it seemed like every week we had to dig deep to to have our PMA segment to be positive about this team and at the end of the day Mush like you said at Schwabi like you said I mean it's just they are what they are a mediocre baseball team and it sucks man this was not what we were promised by the front office by ownership when we had to go through what four or five years of rebuild which this that, that was on top of four to five years of a rebuild on top of what 10 years of being mediocre after we won the world series so it's just you know they they, they made the cardinal sin the white Sox. everybody think, in the organization they they overpromised and they underdelivered. and I it's think just sad at what, the end of the day what's aggravating about that legs and i think you hit the nail on the head is is we had cubs fans yankees fans um i even manson talking about the indians even out in la like Everyone was on board with the White Sox. Like, these guys are going to be tough to beat. They're going to be one of the best teams for a long time. And everybody swallowed their pride. And in a sense, we're kind of like, we're rooting for them. And here we are, and we can't come through. We can't, we can't, we can't get it hard. We can't get hard and we can't perform. Can't get it up. We failed. <laughs> so, I mean, so I'll, I'll go back to a text that I sent to, a friend at the beginning of the season when he asked me how I, how I thought this year was going to go. And I said, we will be a dominant baseball team. If we stay healthy and hit the ball out of the ballpark, we have the pitching. Our defense is suspect at best, but we got a ton of pop in the lineup and we got guys that can put runs on the board. Well, not only did we not stay healthy, but we didn't hit the ball out of the ballpark either. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of a frame of reference right here. Last year, when the Braves won the World Series, they won 88 or 89 games to get into the playoffs. Ronald Acuna was hurt for half the year. He played 82 games. You know how many home runs he hit? 24. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hit it on the <laughs> nose. <laughs> this, wait, this was, la- this was last 2021, year? 2021, last year. Okay. This year, I would say our Ronald Acuna is Luis Robert. Yeah. Luis Robert played 98 games this year. Now, let's subtract 14 for all the games that he played where he was swinging the bat with one hand. So let's say he played 84 games where he was swinging the bat with both hands. You know how many home runs he hit? 12. 14. Exactly. 12. Schwabby. So, I mean, that numbers. So even when our guys were in the lineup, they weren't hitting for power. They, we led the league in singles as we've talked about and beaten into the ground repetitively. And, at the end of the day, we didn't stay healthy and we didn't hit for power. And that's why we ended up 81 and 81. Yeah. That's not yeah. even getting into roster construction or whatever. I mean, Rick Hahn, you got to imagine, you got to give the guy a little bit of credit. You got to imagine he's not dumb. 
like he knew that we had defensive deficiencies. There's not a, a sane sure? baseball person on earth that would look at this team and say we were a good <laughs> defensive team or that we did the small things right. The power was supposed to overcome that. The power and the pitching were supposed to overcome that. The pitching was solid, not great. We can get into our grades later, but solid, not great. But the the, the hitting was just absolutely atrocious. And honestly, I had more fun watching the 2014 to 2018 White Sox than I did watching this team, which is sad. Uh, it's very, very Drake sad. Drake LaRoche fan. <laughs> Drake LaRoche. God, we have been put through some pain. Drake LaRoche. Uh, it's been awful. It's absolutely been awful to be a Sox fan for uh, since we were in high school, really. Who, who um, Andrew Vaughn led the team in homers this year? Yeah, what do you have, 18, 19? Yeah, I believe Andrew. What do you have? The lead. I think he had like 17 homers, and he led the team. I was looking at this. I was trying to look at, I think it was the Braves. It was it was some playoff team lineup. It might have been the Braves or some other team. And I, legitimately, I think eight of their nine starters had more home runs than our team leader. Like, not even exaggerating. Albert Pujols would have been our team leader, I believe. And, and Albert Pujols, Pujols played half the time. Same with Car- Carpenter hit like 15 homers and like 120 at-bats. Andrew Vaughn led the Sox in home runs with 17, followed by Eloy with 16, Jose with 15, tied with Gavin for 15, Pollock with 14, Johan and Luis at 12, and that's where our double-digit homers ended. Dude, that is embarrassing. I mean, JT, no power. No power. I mean, Eloy played 84 games and had 16. Especially in a Eloy ballpark the like, the South, like the G-spot. Like, come on. You got to hit the ball out of the ballpark. All right. Well, great call, Tui, on just getting our thoughts out there on the year. It was disappointing. You could say any adjective you want. It is it was a bad year. And 81 and 81 is just not going to cut it, especially when you're in the prime of your so-called rebuild. So, Let's get into it. We're going to do a report card day. Schwabi, I'm kicking it to you. We're starting with the starting pitching, the rotation. Who so, are we going with first? So we're going to start off with the man, the myth, the legend. We'll let everybody talk about it. Dylan Cease. Uh, Dave, why don't you kick us off here? Phenomenal stash. I give him a 9 out of 10. Not as good as, uh, Not um... as, good as the, <laughs> the pirate filter you have on now stash yeah that's, uh, that's what i was going until i realized that everyone listening to this probably can't n- even know what i'm talking about um <laughs> I'll anyways if i don't know i think dylan cease is going to be is going to be the mainstay um i was very impressed with what he brought to the table i think i expected that to be copec that type of performance coming out of copec but i i truly feel that if we can keep cease and copec together um on this rebuild, which I'm calling it a rebuild because that's what the fuck we're going to do. Um, I think that we're going to be in great shape moving forward. So I am I give Dylan Cease an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. All right. Yeah, no, I, I think Dylan's pretty clear. Dylan is definitely going to be the high grader today. Uh, I'm giving him an A. The only complaint I have, I have with Dylan, and I, I think I mentioned this before, is that he needs to work deeper in the games before Dylan is truly that like number one in baseball. Yeah, definitely. He's number one on our staff, but for him to be a, for him to make that move into the top three guys or top five, whatever you want. I mean, I argue he was number two this year, even with that, that? but point take, like 
Dylan was number two in the majors, or at least in the AL. Right. And the, no, I, and I agree, but I mean, it's just one of those where if Dylan can consistently be a guy who's pitching seven innings, that's that's where Dylan that's Dylan's next step. Hundred percent, without right? a doubt. Dylan's a, an easy top ten as he is. Dylan starts throwing six plus innings every start. Dylan is a top three guys and three guy in baseball. Um, and he, he did better at that down the stretch, which is promising. So I think Dylan is definitely the guy on the cusp. He's an easy A for me. Uh, we'll let Nikki f- go three and then two, you'll finish us up with Dylan. Yeah. I think Dylan's an A. I, I echo your thoughts, Schwabi. You go deeper in games win that Cy young and that's how you get the A plus. I mean, he, He'll be right there. He'll be top three in the Cy Young. But, you know, it's if we made the playoffs this year to get that A-plus, I, I want him to be a Verlander lockdown. I know Verlander had a rough first game in the playoffs, but I, I still I still don't put him in that category yet. But I think he'll be there next year. So A for me, and I am anticipating an A-plus next year. Two yeah, you're up. So I'm going to go ahead and give him an A-plus. And there's two reasons for that. One is that last year when we finished the season, I said to I said to myself, I was like, next year, Dylan's thing is he has to be more consistent. We saw the stuff last year. There were games where he was unhittable. Well, this year he added the consistency. And not only did he add the consistency, but he didn't sacrifice any of the nastiness for that consistency. To your point, Schwabi, yes, the next step he's got to take is going deeper into games. But for me, this year was a massive win in the trajectory of his career with the White Sox. Yeah. The second reason I'm giving him an A+, and I'm just going to preface this with, I'm only giving two players A grades total (laughs) because this season was so goddamn painful. But the second reason I'm giving him an A+, is because he made White Sox baseball games fun to watch. Even when we were scoring one, two, maybe three runs on a good night. I still got to watch the best slider in Major League Baseball. I got to watch an electric fastball, and I got to see him go out and compete at the highest level almost every time he took the mound. And you know what? It it, it gave me flashbacks to watching sale pitch in the early 2010s. I would literally choose games to go to because Chris Sale was pitching. That's what I did this year with Dylan Cease. The guy is electric. Let's hope he can take another step forward next year. But he he is the guy I want starting game one of any playoff series, without a doubt. No doubt. Great point. Tui. Next up, we got Johnny Cueto. Uh, I'll kick this one off. I think Johnny Cueto, for, what, for performance compared to what was expected, I think the guy's an A+. I think on his actual performance, he's probably an A-. minus. Uh, I'll slot him in there as a solid A. You know, he was pretty good all year. He added consistency. He was a guy who would take the ball when there were so many, you know, 
injuries and whatnot. I mean, that game Johnny Cueto came out of the pen through six when he was in the sauna during before that thing started. Uh, you know, Cueto really was he actually in the sauna? I believe so. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was in the sauna, and they like Johnny, we need you. Are we sure um, Jerry's paying for the sauna? It was on the road. It had to be a, <laughs> a, a road, road perk. <laughs> um, you know, but Johnny Cueto, he del- he answered he answered the bell whenever he was called upon. He was a guy who consistently gave you innings. Uh, he was a guy who got stronger as the game would go on. You know, you know Johnny got gave gave up two in the first two innings. He was still going to give you six, and he probably was going to end that uh, just giving up two. Johnny's an A for me. Absolute joy to watch. I love all the funkiness of his pitching motion. Um, and a guy who I wasn't, I never had plans as a long-term future. But personally, I'm hoping Johnny's back on a one-year deal. Uh, hopefully on the back end, of the, uh, back end of the rotation. Just as a guy who's a solidifying factor. And a guy who I think also played a large role with like Ray Lowe and, and some of the other young players in their development. We'll go Nikki for uh, number two here. Yeah, Johnny C, he was a revelation at times this year. I remember the one start against Cleveland. It was in Cleveland. We lost game one of that series, and we just had to have game two. And I think he did it. It was, I think he threw eight and two thirds of shutout ball. And then Liam came in for the last. Die. I mean, he, he was just the guy at, at one point in the season, even more than Cease. It's some, it, you felt a little bit like you could rely on him a little more. And I, I agree. I mean, if we could somehow get him back on a one-year deal, even I think you get Quato and you got to get another starter on top of it because I think nowadays you got to have at least six guys that you trust going into a year. So I'll give Quato, I'll give him an A because he was, he was the guy that he was probably Rick Hahn's best offseason move, and it was one that was kind of out of desperation, and it ended up working out. So A wasn't a even an off-season move, in-season. In right. Yeah, Inside good point. Season. Good point. Tua, you're up next. All right, so this is the second A I'm going to give. The second and, and final. And last. I'm going to go Ooh. straight A. I mean, the guy, you know what? I'm going to give him another A+. Plus. I'm going to give out two A pluses and not wow, one other person is getting You're an easy creator. That must easy. Be some just good just wait. Just wait. I mean, the guy's picked up off of... He's an unsigned free agent. He comes in and he gives you basically one, number one, number two starter stuff for the entire year. He ate so many innings that saved our bullpen. Like, I, I can't imagine having to watch this season with everything that went on without seeing Johnny Cueto on the mound every fifth day. And for that reason, I'm going to give him an A+, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. I mean, the guy was a... Just absolute gift to this baseball team and to us fans. Mush, close us down on Johnny C. Yeah, I mean, just to jump on top of everything you guys said, um, 36 years old, I think he he was an A-plus in my book. I'd love to see him back in a one-year deal, but much like Nikki Legg said, you need six arms to be competitive, to be a World Series contender, and I would like to see Johnny is at 5-6. So Johnny yeah. Cueto's welcome back. If if Johnny's your six next year, I'm feeling great about it. Yeah, but, but. you got to understand, 37, man. You know, I don't see that. I don't see him doing this for a full season. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's why I who, think. He's who did be he a have running guy. with him? Who did he have running the 
the stands with him. All for his like training. Yeah, he just starts. he just runs the ballpark the every day. Doesn't yeah. look like it. God bless, man. Dude, he's the, he's like the only guy who called out the team too. Like that's what I love about Cueto. It's like you guys suck. What what are you guys? You have all the talent in the world. And yeah. You guys... Besides besides what he what he brought on the field, he also brought a, a needed element. And that's why I don't want to bring you back. Because if Abreu can't be that guy, relax. Right, well, we'll I, I, I rather no. have Johnny C manage the team than who we had. But all right, right. let's move on. All right, we're gonna cut this down to two for the rest of the rotation. Uh, next up, we got Lance Lynn. JT, start us off. So, I'll give Lance a C plus. Um, I mean, he was injured and. So I'm going to make this very clear. If you couldn't stay on the field this year, I'm holding it against you. Because one of my two <laughs> criteria for success this year was our team needs to stay on the field and yeah. our team needs to hit for power. So I'm heavily factoring that into all of my grades. Now, Lance isn't an injury-prone injury-prone guy, so it's, it's just quite unfortunate that it happened this year. But even when he did come back, it took him about a month and a half to two months, you know, seven, eight starts to even put together something where you're like, oh, all right, Lance is back. Yeah. Once he got there, he pitched well. He wasn't a number one. He pitched like a low tier number two or a high tier number three, which is what he is supposed to be for us. And at 18 mil a year. He's yeah. there. I think he might be highest on the payroll. Exactly. And and then you fa- factor in his uh, salary and his cap hit. I, I don't see how anyone could give him above a C plus. All right, Legs. You're going to finish off on Lance. I'll, I'll give Lance. Uh, I'm going to be more generous on Lance. I'm going to give him a B. Um, but uh, good points by Jack there. I think... Um. I don't know, with Lance, it was almost, you know, he, he was hurt, and then he had his spring training in season, and that cost us. The good sign with Lance is we got him next year, and he really, it seemed like he got his stuff back. He was healthy, and he was, I mean, at the end of the year, it was Dylan, it, had we made the playoffs, it would have been Dylan 1, Lance 2 in the postseason because Cueto was falling off a little bit. So I think it was pretty clear that was going to be the case. Um, he, he made a couple big starts at the end of the year. It kind of fell under the radar because we, we started sucking so bad and it was hard to watch. But I'll give Lance a B, and I'm looking forward to a bounce-back year out of Lance next year. Yeah, no, I think I think the positive from Lance was that, you know, he showed at the end of the year he wasn't washed and it was just a, a temporary setback due to injury. All right, next up we got Lucas Giolito. Mush, I'll let you kick us off here. Uh, Keep it short and sweet. I'm going to give a C. For crazy because the guy's got some issues um, that he needs to sort out off, off the baseball field. Um, very disappointing is I thought Lucas was going to be a, a one-two combo. Um, I don't think he was anything better than a four for me in the in the in the uh, rotation. Do I want to see him back? Eh, I think you know there's value elsewhere, but it comes down to anything like money. Um, him and Lance Lynn for me. Was just a, it was disgusting this year to watch, so that's my gist. Yeah, I echo you. I think uh, Lucas definitely gets a C. Um, 
you know, he he was good at times. He was really bad at times, and then he was okay to kind of end it. You know, we need to see more consistency consistency from Lucas. Um, you know, we love the – he was the worst pitcher in baseball commercial, um, and we need him not necessarily to return to the levels he was that next year where he was one of the best, but we certainly need him to be more consistent and kind of settle in as a – as a upper two or lower end two, upper end three, um, just kind of based on where everybody else has fallen. Bush, what what off season issues did he have? I said I gave him a C for crazy I, off the field issues. Yeah, our, sorry. What what off the field issues did he have? I think he needs to work on his mental approach on life. I think there's something. <laughs> I think he's got some. He's got some screws loose up there. <laughs> and they're not the kind that you could harness like John Rocker on the field. Like it's just like oh, it's he's definitely not John Rocker. So let's let's slow down that one. All right, we're we're gonna jump ahead. Uh, next one we're gonna go with is Michael Kopech. Uh, Mush, I'm gonna let you kick this one off, and then we'll go Tui to finish it. Michael, uh, another disappointment. <laughs> Like everyone else on the on the on the roster, um, I think he let me down. I I know it, the first uh, two podcasts. I think I picked him to be like maybe a Cy Young Award winner or, or runner, All Star. Um, I picked him for the All Star collabo we did, and he just continued to embarrass embarrass me. And uh, I'm just very disappointed in Michael. Um, the only only reason why I like him is because I think he has a velocity level that's that's top top tier in the, in the majors and i just i like his persona on the mound i think he's just he's just got to work on himself a little bit but i'll give him a i'll give him a b all right we got we got a b for kopech Tui, bring us home on michael michael so i was going through before the podcast and trying to figure out what I'm going to give Michael Kopech. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I couldn't figure it out. I feel like he was all over the place this year. Um, I, I'm going to go with a B minus. I think he, I think he should have taken a bigger step forward this year. But I mean, if you think about his last three years, Leading up to this season, he hadn't pitched for two of them. And this was his first real full season in the, in the big leagues. It's a good point as a starting, as a starting pitcher. So I think I'm going to compare Kopak to where cease was last year. So he took a step the back. problem, the problem with that comparison is I don't think Kopech showed his nasty stuff consistently as consistently as Cease did last year, but I think he showed it enough. And I think this a full off season, a full spring training, being able to work with the White Sox staff is going to have a huge impact on his go forward performance. And so I'm going to give him a B minus. Yeah, I think that I think it's fair. I think the biggest thing with C, with Kopech is I think the Sox misused him the previous year. Yeah, they need to get him more innings so that he would have been better adjusted to uh, be fully stretched out as a starter. 
before you get just real quick, I'm not gonna say any grades. I just want to make a comment that it's not lost on me that Mush said that just observing Lucas Giolito <laughs> that he has off the field issues, but then with Kopech, you or love his de- <laughs> you love his demeanor on the mound. Not that I'm saying either has off the field issues. It just um, I, hold I on, okay. Now let me get, I'm gonna jump in here. Michael Michael <laughs> oh, Harness, Michael harnesses his his aggression, and you could see that he's trying to use it to be a better pitcher. Lucas Giolito turns into like a ten year old and just kind of crumbles inside, like he's like kids are throwing <laughs> gum at him. Like you can just see it; it's depleted, and there's just no confidence. Kopech keeps his swagger. Okay, I'm done. Next. All right. K- Kopech reminds me of a young DJP on the mound, circa. All right, all right, all right, all right, YouTube. All right, we're going with the last one. Uh, you know, Mr. Six Starter, uh, Davis Martin. We're just going to let Lags grade Davis Martin. All right, real quick on Davis Martin. I- I'll give him a B-plus for what he did this year. I think his numbers in the majors were significantly better than it- they were in, in Charlotte, which is kind of crazy. Um, but he was huge. He was huge for us. Um, and hopefully he's he's good next year for a, a spot start here and there. So I'll give him a B plus and uh, hope he keeps it up because that was a, a pleasant surprise for the the 2022 White Sox. All right. Well, we went top to bottom in uh, on rotation. We're gonna go bottom to top in the bullpen. Jake Tui, you're gonna lead us off here. Talk to me a little bit about Matt Foster. So Matt Foster coming into this year. I thought was going to be a huge bright spot in this bullpen. A guy that we're not paying big dollars to, a guy that we that has come up through our farm system, a guy that has showed flashes of potentially being a lockdown guy at the back of the bullpen in past years, and he never got there. Never got there. So I'm going to give him a D because if he's a B or an A, he's a big part of our bullpen next year. I do not see him being a big part of what we do going forward. And I think this was his prove it year and he didn't prove it, which is super unfortunate because I really like his stuff when when it's on, but he, he couldn't do it consistently and it hurts me to say that if he's part of this plan going forward, we're not going to have a lot of success. I agree. So it's a harsh grade for uh for good old Matt Foster. <laughs> we'll go to uh, we'll go to Nikki. For, That's because uh, I had little... high expectations. Like, did That's he have fair. a lot of good outings? Yes, but he was really good. He, he was, was really, really good, good in the COVID, COVID year. year. He, yeah. I, he was really I good wanted him to year. establish himself yeah. as. A one of the key guys at the back of the pen that you can go to automatically in the seventh. And then if you need him in the eighth, you have him. JT, what can I tell you? Tony just didn't trust him the way he trusted Vince <laughs> Velasquez. Or or my guy who I'll talk oh, about shortly. We didn't put Vince on the list. No, we didn't put Vince on the list. I didn't want to paint everybody on that one. Nikki, we're gonna go for you go to you for Tanner Banks uh and just you. Um, Tanner Banks, I'll give him an A minus. This guy, I think he was thirty or thirty one, making his debut, and 
I remember making the comment that I was pissed that Rick added him to the opening day roster, and he proved me wrong. The guy, every situation that he came in, he he got outs, and he really was probably our best left-hander out of the bullpen all year. Um, I'm trying to think who else would have been better. Bummer was out most of the year. Jake Diekman. 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 Kudos to Rick for his one trade deadline move that cost us... (laughs) Essentially, the AL Central by bringing in. I mean, we could we could talk about that all night, but he was our le- our best left hander in the bullpen. Tanner Banks, I'll give him an A minus, and I hope that he's in the pen next year. The guy, he's a great story, and um, he was awesome. I got I got nothing but good things to say about Tanner Banks. Definitely a higher grade than I expected on Tanner. Uh, as shocked as I was with Tui giving Foster a D, <laughs> I am. I would say I'm equally shocked, but I know you've got a thing for Tanner. I love, uh, I love Tanner. Up next, we got Jose Ruiz. Jose Ruiz will be mine. Um, Schwabi. Anyone who's been waiting to the all year knows my uh, my personal feelings about Jose. Um, you know, my biggest issue with Jose is I don't think he's very good, and <laughs> and I'm okay with like the your last guy in the pen is never going to be great. Right. If he's great, you had a really you got really fortunate and you got lucky. But that last guy in the pen, I want to be a long guy who's yeah. able to go multiple innings. Right. And that's just not who Jose Ruiz is. Um, you know, I also feel like there's a little lurdy thing with Jose where if Jose's if Jose Ruiz is used in the right way, he might be okay. Right. But for whatever reason, Tony believed Jose was like his backup eighth inning guy. And kept putting Jose Ruiz in high leverage spots, and Jose Ruiz kept blowing said high leverage spots. Um, so it's what partially a great on Jose. It's partially a great on Tony's usage. Uh, Jose gets a big F from me. Sorry, Jose. <laughs> oh, the first bad F of the and, report card, and, and not the last. Dave, we're gonna go to you. You're our only grader on Joe Kelly. Jumping Joey. Um, no, I think Joey's <laughs> his stats speak volumes. The guy is the definition of low hanging fruit. I mean, he just everybody wants him on their team. He's he's a flashy guy. Um, he's got a lot of movement on his pitches, and I just I think I have a lot of fun watching him, especially later in the games when you know either we're up or we're down, or the games it's just kind of redundant at that point. Um, I got. I'm gonna give Jumpin' Joe a, a B minus because I like to see him back in a Sox uniform, and and B he could be an A minus next year with a full season on the mound. All right, the, another grade. Yeah, the the bullpen generous. grades. The bullpen grades will continue oh, did to I, shock me. Did I mention of the Jose Ruiz grade, which was spot on? <laughs> did I mention that oh. Joe Kelly might have issues off the field? Definitely, <laughs> definitely looks like a guy who could be a little crazy. Nah, Joe Kelly's a man. All right, we're gonna go to uh, go to Lambo Jim here for uh, for our next bullpen guy. We're gonna let Lags kick it off because nobody loves Lambo Jim quite like Nicky Lags. <laughs> You're, you know, these bullpen grades are gonna be off the charts. You keep giving them to me, Lambo Jim. I'm, I gotta give him an A minus. I gotta give Lambo Jim an A minus. The guy, the, the, the dog. Uh, I, it's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly <laughs> in a little bit here, but. Lambo Jim was a dog. Sebi Zavala was a dog. These guys spent more time in Charlotte. I said it before. They've spent more time in Charlotte than we have grown up in our hometowns, and that's how you get the dog in them. So Sebi, 
Lambeau Gym. I love these guys, and I hope that they have significant contributions next year. All right, I'm going to close this off on Jimmy. Um, you know, I, I liked what I saw from him in that COVID year, which I think was only one outing. And then he tore it. I think he it went under, underwent Tommy John shortly thereafter. That's your um, top one outing in the on, in COVID. In the COVID year, he had one outing, he but I, but, but he, like he showed some things in that extended spring or that spring when they were oh. playing oh. a lot of inter squad stuff. Like there were some things I liked. Um, they tried to use him as a starter the next year, never really did much into some of his spot starts. But no, Jimmy Lambert was an absolute surprise. Um, was one of the, ended up being one of their more dependable arms and really, I think, forecasts as a guy who's going to have a future uh, on the White Sox and in the back half of the ro- uh, the back half of their pen. Um, you know, going from the going from the rotation to the pen, I think did wonders for Jimmy Lambert. And I think he definitely is a guy who's going to has a future uh, in Chicago. I give Jimmy a B. OK, that's fair. Next up, we got Kendall Graveman. We're going to let Dave kick us off, and Tui will finish us off on Kendall. Mush, what you got? Well, I don't remember. I didn't even know who the guy was. <laughs> That's why I gave him to you. Is Hopefully that, he made you made Is you that an indictment on you, or is that an indictment I on I still Kendall? don't care. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to give – I'd give Kendall Graveman a, a C because I feel like he's a filler. Um, He plays the role of, like, a special teamer on, on the on NFL rosters. You know, he's going to play third, fourth running back. Maybe he's got a little wide out in him. Um, but I'm going to give him a C because he's kind of just – he's just there. When I look at Kendall Graven, I definitely think scat back as well. Oh, Tooie, Tooie, give me a little sense on Kendall Graven here, guy. Scat back, you full of shit. So, what did the guy sign for last year? What's it? What did he make this year? Kendall got a pretty good contract. Give me a second. I think it was like twelve million. Yeah, it was yeah, ten it was or three twelve. Year, I think it was three years, eight mil a year. So I think it's we got him for two more years after this. Three for mil. three for twenty four. So yeah, eight mil a year. Good call, legs. All right. I mean, the guy pitched fine. Under a three five ERA. Under a three five FIP. He pitched fine. But when you go sign a reliever for $8 million a year, you're not expecting under 3.5. You're expecting under, like, 2.5. You're, you're expecting a lockdown guy at the back of your bullpen. Yeah. And I don't think he was that this year. So I'm going to go ahead and give him a – I'll give him a straight C. C plus. I'll give him a C plus. I think he was fine. Like – did he pitch to his contract? Absolutely not. I mean, I just didn't think if you're paying a guy, if you go out in the offseason and pay a guy eight million dollars over twenty four million over three years, you're expecting a guy that you feel comfortable in every time he steps to the mound. Every time he steps to the mound this year, I was like, I mean, this could go. This could go very well, or this could go very, very poorly. So I'll give him a C plus, B minus. I mean, I don't think he deserves any more than that, given what he was making. Yeah, I, I think Kendall and and Joe are the epitome of what went wrong. With okay, but Rick Hines well, yes, season, right? But Kendall, Kendall was way better than 
than yeah, he was right. I, I guess what I'm saying is like spending that kind of money on the bullpen. To your original point, Jack, like if if Kendall's getting eight million and Joe Kelly's getting seven or eight million, those guys have to be better than a three and a half ERA. Right. I mean, I think they they paid for the intention being that Joe would lock up the seventh, Kendall would lock up the eighth, and then Liam comes in in the ninth. Yeah. Um, and really is the fireman, and you know, and closes everything out. And Rick, that was not really the case this year. I think Rick Hans infatuated with what happened with Kansas City years ago when they won the World Series, when they had Herrera into Wade Davis into uh, Greg Holland, I think it was. And that every game, we played them 19 times, Seven, you get in the seventh inning, that was, I mean, Hawk, every game, Hawk would say it, the game's over. And I think Rick and Kenny have just never gotten over that fact and have wanted these lockdown guys for seven, eight, nine, and it's funny what happened was Lambo, Jim, and Raylo were better than those guys, and you're not paying them. Right. No, I, I agree. When Kendall was good, he was good, but there are way too many games where Kendall was not uh, not the $8 million guy. We're down to our last two pitchers. Uh, we're going to let everybody comment on these last two. First up, we got Raylo. Mush, start me off on Reynaldo Lopez. Man, he had a, a resurgence of a year. Um, I'm excited that he's still on the White Sox. I'm glad that we stuck with him. Um, I do feel like every year there's that one player that you kind of hope they make the jump. Um, you know, whether it's in the bullpen, starting rotation, um, even someone like Savala coming up to, to fill the gap for for a Grandella catcher. Um, I think Raylo made himself a name in that bullpen this year around the league. I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with moving forward, and I'm going to give him an A minus. And I think he has the potential to get to an A plus next. Yeah, I'll go next. I would also agree with you. I'll give Reynaldo an A minus. Uh, not someone I expect to give an A to coming in, but I think he definitely deserves it. Uh, he was a guy who, you know, similar to Jimbo Jimmy Lambert, where he was a guy who they started off in the in the rotation. Uh, you know, showed some things, but didn't quite do enough. But when they moved into the pen this year, he really stepped into his own. And became honestly probably their best reliever for yeah, a think, large stretch of the season. I think everybody wrote so I had a him hard off time too. giving him anything other than than an A minus. Um, Ronaldo Lopez did a damn good job, and I think there's a lot of promise with him as whether he's your eighth inning man or or you know or eventually eventually he might be the closer for the White Sox. Yeah, I sorry to interrupt you, but one thing with Raylo and Jimmy, those two guys, because I've heard people say like, oh, you know, we need a starter. Let's make those guys starters because that's how they started their career. And I am, I couldn't be more against that. These guys have proven that they could be absolute studs in the pen. And why would you mess up a good thing? It's like splitting tens at the blackjack table. You know, I think Jimmy is a guy who definitely belongs in the pen. Um, Raylo, because like he got his eyes fixed and then he was being better, I wouldn't hate a quick, brief audition. Um, but I, I still, I agree with you in a large part, in large part. Where I think Raylo's future is on the back end of the pen, whether it be the eighth uh, and eventually the ninth inning. Lags, we'll go to you next, and then we'll let oh, we finish I, it off. I do want to say one thing, one quick thing on Raylo. <clears throat> Out of guys that pitch more than fifty innings this year, we'll, we'll say at forty because Joe Kelly is, is like right there. He had the lowest ERA by far. I mean, he is. He had a point. He had a two seven six. Liam had a 2.81. I've seen stuff on Twitter recently about what about trading Liam Hendricks? 
There's there's teams out there that would trade for Liam Hendricks. Absolutely. Why not make Reynaldo Lopez your closer? He's always had six stuff. We've seen it for years. And he finally found his spot and and put together an unbelievable year. So I agree with your guys' grades. I like he is going to be a big part of the future of this White Sox roster, I hope, which sucks because we're paying Graveman, Kelly, Hendricks, etc., a lot of money over the next couple of years. Throwing Deekman there too. I think Tui, I think those are all great points. Um I think if we see another rough year out of Kopech next year, I think you might see him and I feel like he might be a closer, you know, moving forward into that twenty twenty four that year there, but I don't know. I think Raylo's going to be, he should get another shot at a starter, starter role for sure. So I, I said at the beginning of the podcast that I was only going to give two A's. I'm going to go back on that statement. I'm going to give four because I thought of another guy who gets an A. He'll come later down the road, but I'll give Raylo an A. I mean, he deserves it. Lowest DRA on the team from a relief pitcher took a major steps forward and he could be a, he could be a key part of our, the back end of our bullpen in the next two, three, four years. Good take. Nikki, let's you, we'll let you finish up with Reynaldo Lopez. Yeah. I, I think, um, I love everything about Ray. It's just crazy to me how it's gotten here. It, it's kind of gone back and forth, and it's come full circle. If you guys remember the first year with Raylo and Giolito, their first full seasons, Lopez was the guy that we could count on more than Giolito, and then it flipped to Giolito, and now it flipped back to Raylo when he was in the pen. I think you got to keep him in the pen. I, I'm going to give him an A-. minus. The guy was a stud this year. I loved everything he brought to the table. I think he's going to be the closer after Liam's gone. So, yeah. I, I think we got to look at the contract on Raylo, though. He might be gone. So that that's something to keep your eye on as well. So, but, Schwabi, can you look that up? Because uh, I know I he's a he's free agent, more... but I can't remember if he's a restricted free agent or not. Well, he's the same He's the same as Giolito. I think he's got one more year of our bluff, and then he's a free agent, which kind of sucks for us because we – a lot of – a lot of Raylo's and Geo's early years were spent on teams that were not competitive. Were you able to get it, Schwabi? Okay, with some internet issues, uh, give me a quick second. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he has one year left. He signed through. And then it's he gonna... signed through 2022, one year, 2.6 million. Yeah, yeah, but, but I think that was because they signed that. That was when he's, he's a free agent. Before going free to agent, twenty four. He's an arbitration eligible twenty three. Okay, yeah, so yeah, one, one more year. One more year of arbitration. One year of arb. Yeah, so I mean that's tough because we got one more year, Liam. So I, I don't know. Raylo might be a closer. It might not be for. I like where Tui's heads at with dealing Liam. I think we should really be proactive moving him out of a out of our lineup off of our roster this year. Well, next up we got Liam, so let's we can talk a little bit more about Liam. Uh, I'll kick us off I'll kick us off on Liam. I'm gonna give Liam a B. Um you know he dealt with some arm trouble that has not been a, a staple of Liam's career. He's been pretty consistent, pretty durable. Dealt with some arm issues this arm issues this year. 
that knocked him out for a little bit. Um, he also had some struggles, right? He struggled at the beginning of the year. He struggled when he came back. But Liam is still Liam. Uh, pretty damn good. I don't think he was great. I think Liam would probably be the first one to tell you that he wasn't great this year. Uh, I'll give Liam a B. Mush, we'll go to you for the second opinion on Liam. Um, So I think the guy's a great player. I like the, the fire he brings, tenacity. Um, but I'm going to compare him to like a – I'm in a football mode, mode here. So like a Roquan Smith. You know, like we're just not right – we're not there right now with him. And, and there's a lot of value that we can get in return. And I think that it would be smart to just move Liam – part ways and get that value in return. So what, I'm going to give, give him a B. A B. All right, so we got two Bs. Nikki, we'll go to you and let Tui finish it off on, on uh, Liam. Oh, man. Liam, he was – I'll give him a B minus. He was – he he had a, sh- a couple stretches where he was really good. But, you know, the things that pop in my head every time is he gave up the grand slam to Naylor, and he gave up – that home run in Baltimore. And I get that things happened before that where there was errors that happened, but he still gave up homers that tied the game. And it's, if you're the best closer in the game, you just can't allow that to happen. I mean, it's just that, that game in Baltimore, you could argue ended our season. That was so devastating. That was such a devastating loss where Adam drops the ball. And then Liam gives up a home run to a rookie with two outs in I think a one nothing game. I mean, the the odds of that happening are astronomical, and he's just got to be better. But I'll tell you what, though, I want him as my closer next year. So B minus, that's it for me. All right, Tui, your last on Liam. All right, I'll be the harshest then, um, because I think Liam's one of those guys who's extremely harsh on himself. He's like me, and if I had his ability and his track record, and I pitched like I did this year. I'd give myself a C plus. I mean, had the arm trouble, you know, was very, very solid overall. And when I give him a C plus, that's because I expect him to to be an A at a very minimum. So he underperformed, I think, everyone's expectations. And the biggest factor in my C plus is I was at the Josh Naylor game. And that was probably one of the lowest moments of White Sox, of my White Sox fandom in my entire life. That was rough, man. That, I mean, that was foreshadowing on our year. No doubt. We didn't bounce back. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. Schwabi, great job going down the list of pitchers there. Hopefully you guys can join us later this week. Um, we're going to finish up part two of Report Card Day. And we're going to go through and evaluate each position player for the 2022 White Sox that had significant playing time for the year. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you later this week. See ya.